Hey, it's been a good day already. I'm so glad to be up here to be able to share with you uh, God's word um, this morning. My name is Clayton. I'm the pastor here at Central. So thank you guys for being here. Um, hey, if you'd like to follow along with today's message, just take your phone out or your iPad, whatever device you have. You just uh, take the, the camera app and just don't, don't take a picture. You just hold it over it and it'll over this QR code and it will um, take you straight to the notes for today. You can fill those in. You can save them. Uh, man, and be able to follow along with uh, today's uh, message. Well, we're getting into a, a new series. Um, you know, we're, we're calling Squeaky Clean. And it's kind of a, kind of a weird saying. We're thinking about, um, can we live squeaky clean lives? Or we could, can we have our lives be made squeaky clean? And I was thinking about that. And man, I'm going to tell you guys a story from, uh, man, when I was little. I probably haven't told this to, to anybody from on stage. But man, when I was, I was little, I came home early uh, or from school and I was... I don't know, maybe uh, elementary, middle school age, and I was going to do the dishes for my parents, you know, to be that good kid. I've got a, an older sister, and uh, the, the goal in our house was who could be the better kid, right, and get the more praise from, the other, from, from our parents. So, so I, I was doing the dishes, and I have no idea how to do the dishes, and I was just trying, and I'm washing off the stuff, and I'm putting them in the dishwasher, and I just, I packed this dishwasher full of all the dishes, and I get the soap out, and I put it in the little container, and close that, and close the lid, hit start, and then I walked off and went and did whatever, you know, for several hours, and I came back into the kitchen um, later to get something to eat, and I walked around the corner, and all of a sudden, I saw the kitchen, and it is like full of suds all the way. You can't even see the countertops, okay? It's just completely full of suds. It looked pretty awesome, like you wanted to run and jump in it, honestly. But I looked at it, I was like, what in the world just happened? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, my parents are about to come home. You know, what's, the, what's going on? And so, man, I, I later realized that instead of putting, like, dish detergent in there, um, I put, like, Dawn concentrated soap. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the, the, the degreaser soap. And if you, hey, if you don't, have anybody ever done that? Ever done that? If you haven't done that, go do that this afternoon and just walk away for a little bit and see what happens. Um, I'm tell you what, I, I was cleaning it all up and just hoping my parents didn't notice. But I will tell you this: that that those countertops and that floor have never been so clean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were literally squeaky clean, and that's what we're gonna be kind of talking about a little bit over the next um, several weeks. But I was I was thinking about another story about the same time, about the same age, and. Um, I, I grew up playing video games, and um, my generation is kind of like the first ones that really were really into video games, and there was like the Atari, and, but then Nintendo, when then Nintendo came out, the original one, like it changed everything. It was a game changer, man. And it was awesome. You had these games, and you had to like blow in them to make sure they worked properly, like, you know, and then you'd stick them in there, and you had to push it down and hope it would start, and, and uh, my friends and I had... This one game we played all the time is called Contra, okay? So some of y'all are like, yeah, you're taking your way back. So Contra is like this, this shooting game, and it wasn't in three dimensions. It was in two dimension, very rudimentary, kind of like Frogger, you know what I'm saying? And so you're playing this game, and you're, you're shooting aliens and stuff. Well, you only got three lives, okay? And it's really hard to win the entire game when you only have three, three lives. My friends and I, we found this cheat code. And I don't know how we did that, because that was like before the internet, you know what I'm saying? So you couldn't go on and, and find it. So I don't know how we found this cheat code, but it was this code that would give you 30 lives, okay? And I still remember it. When, it's, when the game starts, get your little controller out. These controllers, guys, were just awful. You know, you just had, just had, had a little, little trackpad and an A and a B button. That was it, okay? You get the controller, and you do up, up, 
down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, select start. If you do that, 30 lives, I promise you, okay? So if you stop one of those games, you can go and you can have 30 lives. And we love video games when we have a lot of lives. Why? Because we get do-overs, you know? You mess up, you get a do-over. You mess up, you get a do-over. We all kind of want do-overs in our lives. Do-overs are kind of like a, like a fresh start. We have fre- when we have a fresh start, what we're really saying, or when we're wanting a fresh start, what we're saying is that like, we want a fresh start with God. Spiritually in our lives, the things that are going on, our lives going kind of crazy, we want a, a fresh start. We want a fresh start in our spirits. Throughout our lives, I mean, think about it. There are times when things are going so bad that you're like, you know what, I just want to do over. I just want a fresh start. And sometimes we think that in our lives, you know, there really isn't a fresh start. There isn't really a do-over. We only get uh, one or two lives, and when those are are done, there is just no hope for us. We want a fresh start with God. And that really starts with forgiveness. We want God to fix what is broken, right? We want him to restore things. We want him him to erase the problems and the bad things and the mistakes um, that, that we have. We want him to do that because reality is we're all messed up. Like, we have messed up big time, and we need several do-overs in our lives. I mean, that's what the Bible says, Romans 3, 23. It's up on the screen. You guys have heard this a lot. For all have sinned, right? Not just some of us, but all of us. Every one of us has sinned and fallen short of God's glory for us in our lives. We have all messed up big time. So how do we get a fresh start with God? Well, today I want to take you to the, the Gospels. We're actually going to be in, in Mark. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark. Inside the Gospels, there are all of these stories of Jesus giving fresh starts to people. And really what these are, they're miracles that happen in people's lives. And you read through the Gospels, it's just miracle after miracle after miracle. It's amazing to see what God, uh, God is doing in the middle of all that. But when, one, one thing I see, if you're taking notes today, one thing that I see within fresh starts, is that every single time a fresh start happens in someone's life, there's always a first step. There's always a first step to a fresh start. Look at Mark chapter two. We're gonna read the story about this, this guy that had a, he had a terrible, debilitating disease. We don't know if it was like palsy or something, but it was, it was crippling. He was paralyzed. He could not walk. Um, and there was, there was literally no hope for him. And so in that society, if you could not walk, if you had those, that debilitating um, kind of disease or ailment, man, there was, really, there was literally no hope for you. There was nothing that could be done for you. And so Jesus, he goes to Capernaum, and there's this guy in Capernaum that has this disease. Now, Capernaum is like where Jesus did a lot of his ministry. It's kind of the hub for all the ministry in, in, in and around the Sea of Galilee. And that's not where Jesus grew up, but it's where he, he kind of found himself during this ministry time when he had all his disciples. And one of his disciples, Peter, his head guy, his right, his, his right-hand man, he actually lived in Capernaum. And, and Peter was married, so Peter had a house uh, that we, we know about. And we think that Jesus goes right in this story and kind of stays at Peter's house. So he went and slept on the couch or something. I don't know. You know? So Jesus, he goes and he's, he's uh, hanging out there with uh, Peter and Peter's family and other disciples around. And everybody hears about Jesus. And they begin to, to find Jesus at Peter's house. 
and begin to surround this place because they've heard about the miracles and things that are going on, and they want to see that again. I mean, wouldn't you want to see a miracle happen? That'd be pretty awesome and pretty cool. And so these people begin to crowd around, and the Bible says they got so crowded, there was not a single, um, not, not another place to sit down. So you can imagine the living room is completely full. The couches are all taken up. There's nothing left in the refrigerator. You know, like everything is completely wiped out in this house, and the, the, the windows are completely, uh, you know, full of people, and the doorways are completely full of people, and Jesus doesn't give them a miracle. He begins to teach them. So like, man, I got an audience, you know, so I'm going to teach. And so he begins to teach, and here's what happens in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 3. The Bible says, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down, let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And so all of a sudden, these four guys, these four friends, they show up with a fifth friend. And this fifth friend is paralyzed, we talked about, and he needed a fresh start. I mean, you think about anybody in society, if someone is paralyzed, man, wouldn't it be great if they had a fresh start, a miracle in their life where they could walk again, where they could function in society again. They needed that. They needed that. But they get to this house and they can't get in. And so they see the stair, stairway on the outside and they go up to the, the flat roof. And back then, their long beams were how they created these, these roofs. And they put a sticks um, you know, parallel in that and then mud and clay and created and it kind of, kind of baked and it created a, just a, a top roof where they could actually walk on. And so we don't know if there was like a skylight or an opening, but these guys evidently get up on there and they begin to tear the roof apart and stuff is falling on everybody. I'm sure everybody was probably ticked at them. And all of a sudden they begin to lower their friend down in the middle of the room. And I was thinking about this and going, man, it all began this whole story of Jesus who's about to, about to, about to do a miracle and, and heal this guy, this all started when these buddies, these guys, took a first step. They could have stayed home, you know? They could have stayed in the outside and said, man, we, just, we can't get in. But no, instead they said, you know what? We're going to go to Jesus. And look at what happened. Down in verse 10, the Bible says that Jesus said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately he picked up his bed and went out before them all, uh, them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like this before. Man, what an incredible story of Jesus saving someone and giving someone a fresh start. Here's my question for us today. Have you ever made a move towards Jesus? Like have you ever taken a, a first step towards Christ? Because I believe there's some people in this room that they've never have. Then maybe you're here today, and this is maybe literally your first step towards Christ. And maybe it's because you're just, you're questioning some things. Maybe you're confused about life, and you're looking for answers. Maybe you're curious about Jesus, and you're saying, you know what, I'm, I don't know what all this is about. Maybe I've been invited by someone, and I'm here. Maybe I'm here to watch a baptism, and I'm here today. And maybe this is, without even realizing it, this is my first step towards Christ. In life, guys, the best step you can ever take is your first step towards Christ. Your first step towards Christ. For some of us in this room, man, we've been walking with Christ for a long time, but maybe... Maybe we haven't taken a step towards him in a long time. So you know what? I've been a believer for 30, 40, 50 years, but it's been a while since I've taken a first step back towards Christ. And if you want change to happen in your life, if you want a fresh start, it takes you walking towards Christ. It takes you taking a first step back towards him. 
That's what it takes to have a fresh start. There's also something else I see in God's word here in, uh, in Mark chapter 3. So if your Bible's been, just flip, to, flip right over to the next chapter. There's another truth that I see about having a fresh start with God. And it it's, begins with a story of Jesus healing another guy who, was, who had this withered hand. So you can imagine someone that has this hand that's just completely shriveled up and has uh, the bone structure's almost gone. Um, there's no muscle, uh, muscles left, and this, his hand is completely useless. And when that happens, your hand begins to curl in on itself, and it's not useful anymore. And you've probably seen people like that today. This still happens today. But this guy evidently had this, this withered hand, and Jesus is going to heal this guy. Now, I mean, this is a pretty cool story, but really, like, why is this... Why does this one stick out more than the other ones? Because there's some crazy healing that Jesus does. And sometimes, you know, you think about oh, this, this withered hand. That's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's not like he was blind or couldn't hear or um, he couldn't, uh, couldn't speak or he's completely paralyzed or even dead. I mean, that, those are some crazy miracles that Jesus, Jesus did uh, back in the day in the Gospels. But why is this one so important of just a, a hand? And the reason is, is because Jesus performs this miracle on the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath, man, back in the day, if you go back to Old Testament times, you had these laws about um, not doing anything on the Sabbath. Like, you're supposed to not do any kind of work. And these Pharisees, they took that, that law that was meant to be a benefit to people, a day of rest for people, and they took that law and they expanded on that. And they, they put these rules in their society where you couldn't do a thing on that day. And so Friday night, when the sun went down, all the way to the next day, that was the Sabbath. It was, it was Saturday. You know, we, we do it on Sunday now because that's when Jesus rose from the grave, okay? Uh, but, but theirs was Saturday, and so you didn't do anything on, on that Saturday. In fact, the Pharisees had some rules. And here were some of the rules. Here are the things that you couldn't do on the Sabbath. The following activities, riding, erasing, Tearing, conducting business transactions, shopping, cooking, baking, or kindling a fire, gardening, doing laundry, carrying anything for more than six feet in a public area, okay? Moving anything with your hand, okay? Even indirectly, like with a broom. Like you, so if there was a broken bowl, flowers in a vase, candles on a table, raw food, a rock, a button that had fallen off, you couldn't move those things with your hand. Now, you could use your elbow, which makes total sense, you know what I'm saying? But you couldn't use your hand. Isn't that weird? Like, they had all these crazy rules. And so Jesus shows up to church on, on the Sabbath. And I don't know if this guy with the withered hand was planted there by the Pharisees, but the, the, this guy is there at church, and the Pharisees are there, and the Bible says that they were looking for a reason to get to Jesus and, and show him committing a sin. Here's what it says in Mark chapter 3, verse 1. It says, again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they, they watched Jesus see whether he could heal on the Sabbath, or he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they may accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Jesus looks at this guy and says, come here. And when I read this, and I, when we read this, I hope that you see the significance of this story. Because Jesus knows what he's doing. And honestly, Jesus could have said, hey, guy with the withered hand, um, let's make an appointment. You know? I'm going to see you tomorrow. Why don't you come by Peter's house and we'll do this whole healing thing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. He could have done that. Jesus knew what he was doing. But you know what? Jesus didn't wait. You know? He didn't wait. Like the Sabbath didn't even stop Jesus from healing this guy. Now see this, this other truth about a fresh start. And it's that a, a fresh start can happen really fast. 
in your life, a fresh start can happen fast. You don't have to wait. You don't have to receive God's grace. It's there. Grace is immediate. It's readily available. You don't have to wait to receive that grace. You know, I've looked at the Bible, I've, I've read a bunch of it, and, and tried to find places where, you know, God um, looked at people and said, you know what, I, I need you to go and get your life in order before you can receive my grace, or before you can be forgiven, or before you can be healed. I need you to go, I need you to go take care of business. I need you um, to go and get your life in order first. I've never seen that in the Bible. You don't see that. You read through the Gospels, Jesus would see people, he would, he would confront people, people would confront him, and grace was immediate. Healing was immediate. I think there's a great truth there for us that a fresh start, a new start in your life can happen really fast. The Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9, says that if we confess our sins, not if we have everything put together, not if we... We take care of business first. Not if we get our lives in order first. Not if we pay for our sins first. No, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So how fast can a fresh start happen? Well, it can happen at the speed of confession. As soon as we confess, we get a fresh start. As soon as we go to God and say, you know what, man, this unbelief, I just confess this unbelief that I have, we get a fresh start. As soon as we go to him and say, you know what, I confess my sin of wandering, I've gone astray from you, you get a fresh start. When we go to God and say, you know what, God, I confess my, my sin of chasing and worshiping after things or someone else that can never satisfy me, I'm sorry for that. We get a, a fresh start immediately. When we go to God and say, you know what, this filth in my life, this sin that's so pervasive and it controls my life, man, I'm tired of it and I'm sorry for it. I just confess it to you. I'm not trying to hide anything. I just want to confess that to you. The Bible says we get this fresh start immediately. When we go to God and say, you know what, man, God, I've just been really lazy in my faith. I know you've been convicting me of doing things, but I've, I'm just honestly, I'm just lazy about it all. When we confess that we get a, a fresh start. Whatever it is, a fresh start can happen, not, not over time, not through paying for our sins, not through getting our lives right. A fresh start happens really fast. Even for this guy, Jesus did not wait, and he's not going to wait for you. He's not going to wait for you to get it all right. All he wants to do is for you to come to him and confess. And the Bible says, man, that fresh start happens immediately, which is pretty awesome. Now, there's one more truth that's found in Mark chapter 5. So turn your Bibles over a couple more pages to Mark chapter 5. And I want you to check out this next story about this guy that Jesus meets who is who's, who's, who's demon-possessed. Just kind of crazy to think about. But this guy, was he was completely gone. I mean, no one could help him. No one could save him. He was a lost cause. Here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 2. It says, and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately they met him, uh, they met him uh, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. So this guy, Jesus gets out of this boat. This man with unclean spirit um, comes. Verse 3 says, he lived among the tombs, and no one can bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched them, the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. And no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. This dude was crazy. The Bible goes on and says that, that he was possessed with 2,000 demons. 2,000 daily reminders of his failures. 
nagging at him, picking at him, saying, you're never going to be good enough. You cannot be healed. The Bible said that he was literally living in, in the graveyard, you know. He was completely done. His life was over. The Bible says that his things, his issues were so big that no one could help him. He was a lost cause. And he got to the point in his life here that evidently he, he resorted to cutting himself. He was either cutting himself probably to maybe try to pay for his sins. Like, if I just hurt myself enough and do, um, like, mutilate myself enough, then maybe I'll be able to get right or these things will be, will be taken care of. I'll be able to pay for my sins, which is a jacked up way of thinking about it. But, but that's what happens sometimes to people. Or maybe he was cutting himself because the pain was just so great. And this pain is less than this other pain. And so I'm just going to try to mask the pain. He was far gone, guys. Is that you? Have you ever gotten to a point in your life where you feel like there's no hope? And this story is in God's word for a reason. Because I believe there's people in this room that, that deep down inside you say, you know what? I am a lost cause. My sin is too great. And yes, God's, God's salvation and his power, it's, it's huge and it's amazing and it's awesome. He can move mountains in people's lives but not in my life. This thing is too big. My past is too dark. And God puts this story in here to tell us that there's always hope. There's always hope. And it teaches us this one more truth this morning, that a fresh start is not hindered by your failures. Your failures are not stronger or bigger and the fresh start that God has for you. The story goes on that Jesus, he shows up and he, he casts these demons into a herd of pigs, 2,000 pigs, which is kind of a crazy story. They go down to the water and drown. It was just nuts, okay? Crazy story. But Jesus has the power to do that, to fix what is broken, someone is, that is completely gone, beyond help, by anyone in the society, by anything in this world, he is without hope. And Jesus came and said, you know what? I've got hope for you. I'll give you a fresh start. Your failures, your issues, they don't stop me. I can make you clean. I can make you squeaky clean. And that's what Jesus does for this guy. I think that's a, that's a great truth for us this morning to think about, that, that we gotta stop living as if our issues and our failures drive us. They control us. They define us. God's saying, no, those things don't define you anymore. Those things are not more powerful than I am. I've got a fresh start for you. It's immediate. It's readily available. All you got to do is come, come and confess and, and, and call me Lord and Savior, and I have this fresh start for you immediately, no matter what. So what do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? Well, I think we all need forgiveness, you know? Whether if we never asked for forgiveness before or we're asking for the thousandth time, like we still need forgiveness. And that's what a fresh start does. It begins with forgiveness. You look throughout the, the Gospels, you look at all these stories of Jesus healing people and doing these miracles in people's lives. And every single one of them, Jesus is offering forgiveness, you know? Even, in, in fact, that's how he healed people a lot of times. He would say, your sins are forgiven. And they're like, what is he saying? Like, I, they were just asking, he was just asking to be 
you know, healed and be able to see. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. I mean, he has this readily available for all of us. We need to ask for forgiveness. That's something we need to do. You know what else we need to do? We need to do what this guy did. Look, look at Mark chapter 5, verse 18. So the story isn't done yet. Jesus heals this guy, and look what happens. The Bible says, was, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons, he begged him that he might be with him. I mean, wouldn't you want that? Like, if, if Jesus healed you, and you're demon-possessed, 2,000 demons, you got cuts all over your arms, society has completely taken you and thrown you into the graveyard, and you've been healed, and Jesus is like, hey, I'm getting back in the boat. Wouldn't you want to go with him? Like, I mean, they'll be like, yeah, I'm going with you, Jesus. Like, I'm not staying here. Can I go with you? And Jesus says, no. No, you can't go with me. But here's what I want you to do. He says this. He did not permit him, but said to him, go, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so this guy, he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. That's what we need to do. We need to ask for forgiveness, and then we need to tell people about it. What we really need to do is we need to tell people that there's free stuff available. There's free stuff. When I was a youth pastor, we used to go to youth camp and there was a thousand, a thousand teenagers uh, at camp and, and big, big sanctuary type of thing, big auditorium. And there's always a guy up on stage that was like the MC. you know, he's just the hype man. So you're trying to get all these teenagers all excited and pumped up. And I mean, come on, like, I mean, it's eight o'clock in the morning and they've been staying up, you know, all night and um, playing whatever. And, and so you're trying to get these teenagers all excited. And so these, this guy would come up and he's running on the stage and they got loud music and crazy stuff. <clears throat> well, this one year, this guy did it the best. I mean, he was the best MC. So he would run around up on stage and everybody was getting excited and pumped up. They would come down to the stage because they knew something was about to happen. Because he'd be running around like, are you ready? You know, like whatever. And, uh, and then he would, he would uh, get ready. The music's loud. And he, would, he would just yell these two words. He would go, freestyle. Like that. Like, and everybody's like, yeah, freaking out. And all, all that he was doing was throwing out like free cheap t-shirts, you know, and these kids were going crazy. It was nuts. They were offering free stuff. Why do we get so excited about free stuff? Because <laughs> it's free. That's what forgiveness is. It's free. It's free. We need to be telling people that there's free stuff. There's free stuff available. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn it. It's readily available and it is free. A fresh start is free. We looked at Romans chapter 3, that verse, that famous verse of verse 23. But have you read verse 24? It says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, hey, everyone's sinned, everyone's messed up, but through Christ, Christ, you get this gift, and it is grace, and it is free. Guys, a fresh start is available for everyone. Maybe today you need a fresh start for the very first time, and you say, you know what, I, I, I'm lost as can be. I'm here. I have no, no future. I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm hearing this about Jesus and how he can do something different in my life. I'm telling you guys, take a first step today. Wherever you're at, you can pray and say, God, I, I confess of my sins, and I want you to save me.
please come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Man, and when you do, here's what the Bible says. You will get a fresh start immediately. Immediately. Your life will never be the same. Completely changed. You gotta take that first step towards a fresh start with God. But you know what, there's some people in this room, <laughs> probably most of us in this room, that will say, you know what, I'm a believer in Christ, but man, I just need to get out of this valley. Like I feel just dry. I feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm, I'm standing up and trying to worship, but it, man, I just, I don't feel it. Like I need something new. I need something to happen in my life. I want that vibrancy. I want that deep relationship. I, I, I want things to be different. I'm telling you what, guys, God's still got a fresh start for you. Every day he can give you a fresh start. Go to him. Take a step towards him and say, man, here's what's going on in my life. Help me. The Bible's really clear. Look at these miracles of Jesus. They can happen really fast. A fresh start can be immediate. It doesn't matter what junk you have in your life. That junk is never as big and as strong as God's grace. It is a gift. It is free. So let's live that way. And let's tell other people about it as well. Why don't you stand with me as we close this morning. Man, I, I, I want to just pray for you real quick. Maybe you need to make a decision for Christ. First time. You say, when I, you know what, Clayton, I, I've never taken a first step, so I want to take that first step. Man, our staff will be over here in the connection room. We'd love to talk with you about it as soon as we finish here. Maybe where you're at right now, you say, man, I just need to, I need to stop my life for a second. I need to quit trying to earn my favor with God. I need to quit trying to fix myself and I just need to ask God for a fresh start. I need to confess some sins. I need to ask him to start something new, a burning desire for the things of God in my life. Let's go to the Lord, let's ask him. God, we need that. I believe every single one of us in this room needs a fresh start daily. Some of us in this room, we need a fresh start for the very first time. God, I pray you give them courage. I pray, Holy Spirit, you convict their hearts to confess their sins and call you Lord and Savior for the very first time. To ask you to come into their life. I pray, God, if they do that right now, that they would go and tell somebody immediately. God, for a lot of us in this room, we're, we're struggling. Life is full of ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster, but it seems like there's more downs than there are ups. Maybe there's sin when you confess. I pray, God, that you would heal us. Your word is really clear that if we confess, then you'll be faithful and you'll heal us. So God, we confess our sins to you, pride. The filth in our lives. Putting other things before you. God, heal us. Give us a fresh start. Thank you for the stories of these miracles that Jesus did and to seeing how, how quick he heals and how complete he heals. So God, do that in our lives today.
Help us, God, to go from this place and tell other people about what you've done in our lives, that there is free grace available for them. Help us, God, to be all you called us to be, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.